Welcome to Cruising in the Light and Shadow. I am Anana Moon, your host. This week, I am opening with the following quote. True yoga is not about the shape of your body, but the shape of your life. Yoga is not to be performed. Yoga is to be lived. Yoga doesn't care about what you have been. Yoga cares about the person you are becoming. Yoga is designed for a vast and profound purpose. And for it to be truly called yoga, its essence must be embodied. This is a quote from Adil Palkivala. He's a student, he was, he was um, a student of BKS Iyengar, and he's the author of Fire of Love, um, and still a yoga teacher today, as a matter of fact, up north. Um, so my guest today um, is Mara Saul. Um, this is her second episode <laughs> to be with me, um, second in a row, as a matter of fact. And she was so exciting to talk with. Um, and for another reason, exciting to talk with for me, mm -hmm. because we were students together. I don't think we even said that the last time. Students together in Kundalini Yoga. Um, teachers training. So welcome, Mara Saul. Thank you for having me back, Inanna. It's such a pleasure. Good to have you here. Um, I wanted to ask about that, as a matter of fact, since we didn't get a chance at it the last time, yoga teachers training. Mm -hmm. I don't think I fully knew why you might have taken yoga, yoga kundalini yoga, first of all, why kundalini over um, any other yoga, and mm -hmm. then what was it about that time that seemed right for you? Right. There's usually a reason why people decide to take kundalini yoga teacher training, especially. Um, True. The first experience that I had with yoga was a kundalini yoga class. Oh, and okay. I feel very lucky that that was the case. Um, and I had some resistance. I actually was. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, working at a massage school. Mm. And at that time, one of the teachers uh, had a friend that began teaching Kundalini yoga uh, every week. And it just kind of fell on my lap. <laughs> really it was like the yoga came to me and prior to that I mean this was probably like 2000 early 2000 and yoga wasn't as big and mainstream as it is now but at that time I thought it was more aerobic or more fitness and the school that I went to was definitely more metaphysical more mind body spirit and so oh, kundalini yes felt like, oh, there's something more here. Let me try it out. And I remember my first class um, doing the Kriya. And then in Shavasana, we were guided in a meditation through the chakras. And before she, you know, even mentioned a word to, you know, hold into the, our centers or the colors, I was seeing visions or seeing the colors. <laughs> and it really like tripped me out in the fun way and I was like whoa what just happened here <laughs> and uh so I continued taking that wasn't classes scary to you no it was, a, okay, it was not it was good. amazing because it was a very different experience than what I was expecting um I didn't feel I've never been an athlete I have never been into 
sports really and so I felt a little bit intimidated about the idea of going into a class where people were doing like scorpion pose or headstands or something like that and just totally like flopping on the ground in front of everybody right so it was uh it was perfect it really was and um that was my first introduction and I practiced for a couple of months and I stopped you know I I I really didn't have a lot of access to kundalini yoga where I lived Mm -hmm. and the teacher was no longer at the massage school and and life got busy and uh happened (laughs) 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 that's very true but I didn't forget I didn't forget the experience and what brought me back to kundalini yoga was actually a very stressful event in my life it was a complete turning point from uh, being in a relationship with life as uh, it felt like I was being you know kind of taken on a ride and then things just getting really upside down and I remember thinking I need to find a teacher that teaches that thing that I did that made me feel really (laughs) grounded and safe and so I did and I just practiced from then on and I I was a little uh I had a little bit of an aversion to taking um healer training or getting into healing at that point and and so it was a bit of a 360 kundalini yoga did make me come back into owning being a healer and i had such a resistance to even the word healer and i think (laughs) that even when i say it now i'm more comfortable with it but what was the resistance was it the new age idea of it or experiences that you'd had um, I think as as uh, for me, my spiritual experience and connection with meditation was definitely of not being separate from the divine. Mm-hmm. And my exposure to people that went to healers was oftentimes people that were going to someone not just for guidance, but to kind of like cure them. And mm. and so I didn't do something for me. I didn't That's want that responsibility mm. and that wasn't right. resonating with me. I'm much more of a collaborator in my life with co colleagues and also with the divine. I like to collaborate and and work with the energy that way and so it took me a little while and um yeah kundalini yoga really helped me open up to that oh that's wonderful um um boy some of your story is my story too i'd been in raj yoga for many years um and i something made me want to pursue another yoga um, and I can't even remember what took me to Kundalini Yoga, but um, I just know I always felt good going to every class, um, even though, and my body at that time, I'd been working on, 
<laughs> okay, I guess I was the one going to an acupuncturist, going to a couple of different chiropractors. I had um, pain from uh, being um, a dancer, um, modern dance and um, jazz dance and so forth um, years before on stage and had some injuries and so forth. And I didn't know how to heal myself, but Raj Yoga um, was about deep meditation and it um, allowed me to sit in deep meditation. Over time, I learned how to do this not doing anything, not sitting in any particular pose other than my legs crossed. And my back actually started shifting on its own, jerking one way a little bit, jerking another way. And my spine was actually straightening out. And things that were out of place that weren't being corrected um, in other ways, or maybe helped a little by acupuncture, I would say that for sure. Um, I found out my own body could do this work. Mm -hmm. And then something about Kundalini, when I got into it, I was like, oh, here's the very essence of being able to move, use mantra, which I suspected mantra was mm -hmm. certainly a good part of meditation. Um, the vibration of it seemed to be very healing. And then breath work, to have all of that in one yoga, I thought I'd found heaven. So, mm -hmm. so but I had no intention of taking teacher's training. Did you think you were going to be a teacher? Or did did you take in the idea that, well, teaching, you can learn to teach, but it's really just for you and for your practice? When I decided to take teacher training, I wanted to be a teacher. You wanted to be a yes, teacher. Yes, definitely. Okay. There was a Great. transition. I was working <clears throat> as a research analyst for many years and was very unhappy. I just felt I didn't feel like my soul was satisfied doing that kind of work. Right. And I was encouraged to explore what brought me joy. And at that point, that was a very challenging question for me because I was a single mom and I was taking care of my family and that brought me joy. But for myself, thinking about what brings me happiness? And so as I started to explore that question, the possibility of leaving my job became less of a question and more of like, I need to. <laughs> 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 yeah. And so um, when I left my job, I decided to take a break and really look into seriously practicing healing work and yes. that's when I decided to take teacher training and I went in knowing that I wanted to use that as part of the tools that I offer my clients because it was so helpful for me too mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. one of the things I I appreciated when I took teachers training because I wasn't sure if it was just for me or maybe there was a possibility um, I did teach meditation, but it, I wasn't doing full-out physical yoga teaching. Um, but I liked that the Kundalini yoga teacher said it could be just for you. 
it doesn't have to mean that you're going to go out and find a class that you'll put together yourself. Or maybe you just teach your friends and family, but yoga teacher's tra training meant that you go into the depth of you and your experience mm -hmm. um, with, with yoga itself. And, uh, and it's not only that it's the physical yoga um, and the pranayama or breath work um, or mantra, um, it too deals with the philosophy of yoga, which I've always loved. Mm -hmm. And the philosophy is in all the yogas. They all, they all, they may have their own take, um, I've noticed, but really the philosophy is the same, kind of like shamanism is the same all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, yoga you know deals with comes from the same sutras and um the, the vedas and um going into the depth of who you are and life experience learning to live a life so that's what i'm asking you what are you how how has this journey been for you um you can speak to the philosophy if you want sure but yeah whatever well, you want to share the the practice itself um, of kundalini yoga, one of the reasons it felt so natural yeah. was because all of the parts of self were addressed. So the body with the movement, the breathing, you know, that pranayama is so important and is such a uh, just crucial part of yoga that often is just very lightly thrown in to other forms of mainstream yoga and I've it noticed that, and it yeah. is what allows us to start to have a little more control over our thoughts and especially here where we live in LA I mean we wear so many hats our minds are like firing at so many <laughs> different you know velocities at any given moment thinking Scattered. of <laughs> and so it was really um, wonderful to have that part of of yoga be addressed with its um, with the importance it deserves and mm. mantra was something that I ended up really enjoying I yes since I was a little girl had my voice um, oppressed and you know children are to be seen and not heard and you know don't speak up unless it's your turn that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and when I went to kundalini yoga and we were like singing and doing all this stuff I was like <laughs> oh my god like do I have to participate in that part that was the part that I really was not oh my feeling uncomfortable very yeah. uncomfortable <laughs> but that's been part of my journey is to get comfortable with communication with sharing with speaking yes. up with allowing my truth to be heard having your voice Yes. yes, and yeah. so... Um, and probably helping others have their voice. Yes. That's been exciting mm -hmm. for me in discovering that just sitting with yourself, um, I, I do this with clients and for clients, um, I will say perhaps a mantra will help you work through an issue or several issues, and especially if they need to speak up at work or if they need to 
tell someone something and I'll have someone that I might be doing Reiki for. It's happened that I've had someone on the table for Reiki, for energy work, and um, I had been, I had actually been told um, many years many years ago that one of the chakras we have the most trouble with, and women in particular, is the throat chakra. Mm. And I got that immediately. I understood, gee, with all the times women have been told to not say what they feel and held back um, or finding it's better not to speak, um, to it, it was finding energetically the permission to speak just sometimes isn't there. Um, it's better now <laughs> than it was when I started doing Reiki. But what I've done with someone who's laying on the Reiki table is to say, let's just start with an ah sound and then open to that. And um, I used to do that before I knew much about mantra. And now that um, I practice it and know more, um, to give someone a mantra, something simple that might have a rhythm to it, that might have a release for them, um, is just one of the most exciting things. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, I agree with you. It's that and breath work. Uh, now I, I absolutely think everyone, <laughs> everyone I see should have some breath work or learn how to breathe um, in a freer way for the purpose of the, just their own release to relax, um, sleep. So I'm wondering how you feel about that, or have you have you almost not prescribed really, but almost prescribed? Have you suggested that? Oh for yeah, people? I yeah. I bring in these tools into my t my work all of the time, Excellent. and I facilitate breath work and. Uh, I teach kundalini yoga and I also yes. in my um, energy healing and body work if I feel that the energy is needed then I will also um, offer a mantra or suggest a mantra or guide breath work or visualization and just bringing yes. bringing in all of the tools because uh, that's really what I feel worked for me mm -hmm. was uh, bringing all the pieces together, integrating that. Yes. And I feel that it's like when you're cooking up, you know, a dish, <laughs> you know, sometimes you need a little bit of this and you don't want the flavors to be overpowering and you have to find a balance and each person is their own very specific formula and so exactly. depending on what's going on in their life and where mm -hmm. they're at that little bit of breath could be that special touch that really helps them bring it all together yes you know so or i create a release yes or, yeah absolutely yeah. and um i and i think that as far as like the journey of yoga i really loved this quote that you shared um, because to me, it is something that we, we, it's not just going to the class and then leaving. Mm -hmm. It is about embodiment. It is about 
what are you going to do with this philosophy, uh, with this, you know, um, these teachings? Mm-hmm. Are you just going to keep them on your cushion? Are you just going <laughs> to leave them on your mat? And really, I've been that weird person on the 210 doing like pranayam in traffic <laughs> because I'm like, this is not moving and I'm running late. Yeah. And it's like, okay, let me try to do some breath work and it works. Create some flow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's move this traffic with breath. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least move that anxiety from my body or that anger of like True. wanting to like run over people's cars, you know? And and it's also about like embracing our humanness. Um, and I like that it says here that yoga cares about the person you are becoming. And so powerful with yeah. that idea of using these tools to, mm-hmm. to heal and, um, and to integrate mm-hmm. into life so that we can take more of the pleasures um, because oftentimes we're on this ride with our mind that's taking us in all directions. And so being able to feel settled in our body enough to enjoy dance or go for a walk and really be present without being distracted by pain in our body and using all of the tools to really help us on our you know, way in life. <clears throat> yes. I know that it's... It's really what has kept me on this path. And it's, I feel more integrated. When I started yoga, um, and I think that this is valuable for listeners mm-hmm. to hear. I know that it's not just my experience, but there was like that initial, like, falling in love feeling of like oh this is wonderful and like (laughs) I'm gonna do this every day yes and you feel blissed out and like you're just noticing all these things for the first time and it's wonderful and um and then stuff starts to come up and you work with it (laughs) and and even that can be really exciting because you're like oh I'm clearing these things you know of all the practices I've done, yoga is, is the main one that ha- has allowed for space to handle your own stuff. Um, the, I mean, it's, it's not that it's not in other practices, but it's the one that very strongly says, if your stuff comes up for you, and it will in your yoga practice, in the physical, in the breath, Um, with your voice, um, various energy centers. So when when your fears and anxieties and emotions and um, you say say to yourself as you're on your path, oh yeah, my life has fallen apart in this one area and yoga for some reason is addressing it. It'll point, it, um, yoga helps you point to what's not working the dysfunction Mm -hmm. of whatever it is. And what I notice is there's every kind of tool available, body, mind, spirit, to help you hold your own space for that and change it, transform it. Mm -hmm. And that's probably, yeah, I agree with you. That's the exciting thing Mm -hmm. to me about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and being able to, for me, 
release uh, any sense of perfection around this. Absolutely. Release any judgment. Um, really observing my own habits, and that's that was part of my journey. You know, bringing in um, a real like pick yourself up from the bootstraps personality, and like. <laughs> Um, just having that drill sergeant voice super mm-hmm. loud pushing me through pushing, yeah. and allowing for for things to support me, mm-hmm. allowing for the practice to support me through the yes. hard times. Yeah. And and it, it just started to show up in a very subtle way through yoga and just noticing the tendencies of oh, I'm so uncomfortable because I want to go and fix this. I want to go and change this. <laughs> I, I right. you know, and it, it is a form of control. It and is. I am very grateful that the awareness started to shift around those tendencies. And it's uncomfortable and it's a process. But, it is. Um, you know, I, I learned to soften mm-hmm. with the practice. and And it took me from almost a very masculine space of practicing because kundalini yoga can definitely be more masculine in the way that uh, you know we studied as taught by yogi Yogi bhajan yes and he was a pretty direct and fierce teacher yes and yogi bhajan had so many kriyas that he left so many meditations and one of the things that I find myself doing now is being attracted to the kriyas and the meditations that allow for more receptivity and a little bit more of just being versus doing. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I did a 40 day uh, meditation and I did, (laughs) you know, I don't, I do remember which one it was, but it's not significant. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. um, but I remember I was like, I'm going to do this meditation, you know, yes. and it was sitting down and I was like so in it and had That's the perfect it. posture. <laughs> and, you know, and, and now it's like, OK, I know that the meditations and the Kriyas are intended to have a result or they're there is an intention behind mm-hmm. every set and every meditation, but I'm holding it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm working with balancing more of the feminine in this practice. How are, how are you holding it? How is it different? You're saying feminine and masculine, mm-hmm. and I get that the masculine is the... I look kind of like a drill sergeant. I'm mm-hmm. just going to see it through no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, being ready to discover what it shows you, but um, if you don't know what it's going to show you, just knowing you're going to show up and be there and do it. Right. But so how are you holding it differently now? The, the wanting a certain result is not there for me All right. anymore. And... I think that's really what at the root has shifted. So you feel you're waiting to discover mm-hmm. what it brings to you. Yeah, it's like okay. saying a mantra and just letting the, the wind pick it up and take mm-hmm. it 
versus like, I'm chanting this mantra. I'm gonna shift the vibration. I'm calling in abundance. <laughs> I'm gonna manifest. I'm gonna manifest this. You know, it's just like, oh, here's this mantra. I am going to chant this mm -hmm. to the universe. Let it be picked up and serve me in the highest way possible. Right. And, and for the people that have trouble with being in the here and now, because I hear that quite a bit, like, what does that mean and so forth? Um, by definition, yoga puts you just in the here and now for today. Um, you may or may not be letting go of the past, but what you find in being in the here and now, you're not worrying about the past. That seems to be also part of the practice, whether you're doing a specific 40-day Kriya or mm -hmm. just take going along and taking your classes, mm -hmm. um, um, it seems like that thought, that frame of mind of um, there will be more ahead, but just for now I'm in this present moment mm -hmm. um, with my breath <laughs> or with my physical being um, seems to be um, very helpful um, in in not carrying baggage around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I I think that the the background of uh, yoga yogic philosophy is to allow us to merge with the divine essence of ourselves. And beautiful way of putting it. And that isn't something that needs to be done. It just has to, we have to get out of our way to remember and to experience it. Right, right. Let's talk about um, when you are working with people, um, it's when you notice something, because you were bringing it up a little bit earlier, when you notice that something is out of balance, um, what is it you seem to notice? What, what, I'm, you know, this might be a difficult question. What's, what shows up for you first? Mm. What are the cues or triggers that help you know what's going on with someone? That's a great question. <laughs> and there's so many ways to answer this, but I'll, <laughs> I'll try my best. <laughs> um, In two minutes. What do you know? <laughs> Because people are coming in with di different issues, Everything. you yes, know, yeah. and yes. so depending on if they're coming for body work, how do I approach, you know, seeing what's out of balance or out of alignment for them? And that regard is different than something that might be a spiritual um, kind of imbalance mm -hmm. or an emotional uh, trigger that they're experiencing. <clears throat> so what I have noticed is that people get stuck in loops. So mm. whether it is their physical body that is uh, what they're trying to correct, I notice if they are actually changing behaviors or, or postural um, things that are feeding this um, imbalance, and oftentimes people will come and they'll feel better and they'll get some body work or some energy healing. And then they're off and they're doing the same thing. 
Sure. Right. <laughs> that to me right. is there's an imbalance there. There, mm-hmm. we all experience um, some form of imbalance, and bringing awareness to why we're doing the same things that's creating pain or yes. discomfort in our lives. I think that can take some time. That can take some time, and also the times between our discomfort begin to lessen when we become more aware. And that can be because we're taking more accountability instead of blaming others or outside conditions. And in taking accountability, we're looking at what is contributing to feeling stuck or feeling um, pain in our bodies. Right. And so that that is something that I notice when someone is out of balance through conversation or just like doing the follow-ups you know if I see them the second time and and often it's information that's just revealed in the first in the very first session and they'll tell me you know oh I could probably um adjust my desk a little bit but you know oh I know I I should stretch more (laughs) or um, I should eat better exactly (laughs) all of these things so there is an awareness there but they're not listening to that inner voice right and Mm -hmm. so the stillness of and that's part of intuition we were talking about this Mm -hmm. earlier go Mm -hmm. ahead I'm sorry that that stillness is so important to listening to to that mm-hmm. voice and taking responsibility. Very you know. true. Yoga is very much about taking responsibility. Taking responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> really is. Um, that's a really great point. Um, for and again for people, you know, a, a lot a lot of times in the show we've been talking about intuition and picking up on your intuition. Um, it it cannot be denied that there, we're all intuitive, we're all capable of picking up on our own cues, and if we pick up ours, we're picking up others. But the point is, are you listening? And we very often don't want to hear, we, we want to hear what's best for us, and yet we don't want to hear mm-hmm. <laughs> what might be best for us. So something will come up um, for a person, and, um, and to gently be there to point that out to someone because you don't want them to you don't want to scare people instantly <laughs> but but just as you said it um having them say well i probably should do this or do that or i saw long ago i did something for some time and then i just kind of dropped it um how do you work with that how do you deal with that as far as just getting people to feel good about the fact that they're picking up on things I think just allowing for that experience to be and Mm -hmm. not make not uh, criminalizing them for (laughs) having a slip up it's like hey we're all human here and we're all doing the best that we can with what we have so let's come back to right now you know and Mm -hmm. how can we work on this now if it is something that is more on uh, spiritual emotional Um, realm, then I also do inner child work and past life regression, because oftentimes there's information that will 
inform why we self-sabotage or why we have a resistance towards something that we know is good yet Mm -hmm. we keep doing the same things over and over again because many people really do try and they want to break certain patterns and they they are being energetically held down for some reason that they don't know Mm -hmm. and so um i start with the present and we work in in this moment and then we can explore maybe other reasons why energetically they may be holding on holding back Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um is there anything there's one more thing I wanted to talk about in again intuition and healing is there anything you want to share about either experiences or just in how it works for you I'm always interested in how it works for well it's people it's funny because I've been in the healing world for a long time and I grew up in a home that very much discusses their dreams and a little superstitious I guess you can say you know (laughs) and um and so it was has always been a part of my life and you know how many people would find you lucky for for having that but to this day I still get surprised when something like happens I'm like oh my gosh this is so amazing (laughs) you know so (laughs) um it's a miracle (laughs) Yes, and and they are little miracles. They are, yes. You know, I I think that it's good to have that feeling of awe because I I don't know, I don't know. It just it makes my inner child happy to you know to see that, to see that, and it's like, oh, look at this. We all want to be seen and acknowledged, and that's what it feels like to me when I see something that speaks to me. Whether I'm thinking of how I'm going to deal with a certain problem and I get in the car and I you know the first song that comes on is talking about how to deal with the pro- that particular <laughs> problem and I'm like oh okay not a coincidence right right I just there's synchronicity yes. there's connection to spirit mm-hmm. and I don't know if it, you know, I'd like to share this experience the most recent one that yes. um, made me feel so much awe and just joy I wasn't around my biological father growing up. Mm-hmm. And there is something inside of me that has always felt complete in that relationship. But I recently, through a series of uh, very interesting events and meeting somebody that actually was bringing up a lot of just curiosity around mm-hmm. looking for my father. And I was, I hired a detective, we found a couple of matches, and then I had a session (laughs) with Inanna Moon. And that was amazing. (laughs) So the two most likely matches that came through from the private investigator, both men were deceased. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not the, what I wanted to hear, but also I knew that was a possibility. And that session was so amazing because I 
lived with my father from the time I was born till about two years of age. And I don't have many memories of that. Mm. And so what you were sharing, I was like, well, that's possible. Sure. Oh, that's sweet. Okay. <laughs> I'll, confirm with was, my, yes. I'll confirm with my mom. Yeah. And so a week after our session, I was with my mom and I was telling her the things that my father's spirit was showing you. And you he know. even said in mediumship, um, your father even said, Ask your mom. Marisol may not, yeah, Marisol may not know this. Um, I kept seeing a woman who, I've met your mother, but it, so it, I had a vague recollection, So she, but she was popping up and it felt like you were supposed to go to her with this information. Mm -hmm. And she confirmed everything and it was like, <laughs> I mean, I was sitting in front of you and I and, you know, I was receptive to all this information and I believed it because I felt energetically that it was true. So it wasn't that I was in disbelief of what you were telling me, but that extra confirmation right. with my mom about these details that a medium appreciates. We need the confirmation that that was very special to me. And to top it all off, when I was telling my mom about this experience, we were outside of a waiting room and there was a window. And outside of the window, my father's name was etched on the outside of the window. And Oh my goodness. You know, you just can't make this stuff no, up. No, you can't make <laughs> Because you started with someone who kept bringing your father up and his name was your father's name. Mm -hmm. And then he appears on a window at the end of everything. My goodness, my goodness. So this that is- That part I didn't know. Okay. This is part of Aww. that engagement with spirit, with the universe, um, whatever we wanna call mm -hmm. that divine consciousness that I'm talking about. And it right. is bigger right. and that we are being held. And I think that trusting in that takes a mm -hmm. lot of courage and it comes in the present moments mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. yes oh thank you very much thank, thank you. you for sharing that and speaking of sharing is there anything you want to share as far as upcoming events or the work that you do well i am um seeing clients and I am very excited that actually at the end of this month I will be adding to my tool toolkit um, yes. womb healing um, there is oh, such an important womb, womb, womb healing yes okay. All right. so that this is something that is so needed right now um, <laughs> women are having so much going on with reproductive health, but just connecting with their own strength and their own bodies and do, being able to do this by mm -hmm. connecting with this creative energy that is a part of our bodies. And so I'm really excited to offer that to my service menu pretty soon, so this summer. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. Yay. Hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't mean you have to be pregnant. It can be for right. women at any age. At any age. At any age. Mm -hmm. All right. Excellent. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, if you want, if people want to get in touch with you, um, what's your favorite way of getting in touch? This is part two, so we know we have that information in part one, but sure. if you'll share it again. Uh, well, all of the ways are, are good. I'm pretty connected, as most people are, to their phone. Um, okay. 
So I can be contacted uh, directly on my website, soulintegrative.com, or also uh, sending me a text works. I respond pretty quickly to texts um, mm-hmm. because I'm in and out of sessions, and oftentimes I can't um, actually right. jump on a call. But uh, my phone number is 626-423-8561. Great. Um, and that works as well. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, that can that information, um, rather than feeling you have to run around finding a pen, is also going to be mm-hmm. on Podbean <laughs> on um, lightshadowpodbean.com um, with this episode. And I am shuffling cards. Um, oh, and on iTunes. There we go. <laughs> So, um, I am shuffling tarot cards so that Marisol gets another reading. And we're just asking what you need, or do you, is there something in particular (laughs) that you want to share with everyone? Or shall I just ask what you need? (laughs) Let's let's see what I need. What you need, okay. (laughs) Oh, universe. (laughs) What message do you want to show Marisol? There we go. I haven't shuffled today. (laughs) There we go. Let's see. Go ahead. Well, actually, here. What I'm doing is spreading the cards out for her so she can choose something. Ah, Six of Swords. So what's happening in this card? Um, you have, you're, you're, on, you're on the boat of your life. Um, it's crossing what might be a great river. Um, it's showing that the waters are rough behind you, but there's smooth sailing ahead of you. Um, the shoreline on the other side is showing up. So you are headed um, clearly to your destination or a destination, maybe we'll say, because I'm only drawing one card right now. Um, But you have guidance with you. There's actually someone um, who's helping you with the motion of the boat. You have six swords, three on either side here. Um, which are about, you're carrying, you are carrying some baggage is basically Mm -hmm. what it's saying. And to pay attention to that, um, what thoughts, what, what are you holding on to? What's traveling with you could be very good things traveling with you could be things that you no longer need that you might want to throw into the rough waters behind you, but you're traveling forward, um, that there is a in this card it's always been interesting to me there's a child but so that would be your inner child or it can also be just people or something you care about within you going forward with you on this trip so the question is what is the trip what destination are you looking for spirit you don't have to share it here but spirit definitely wants to know and um are you in communication with your guide? 
Now that's something I hadn't thought about too often. Um, she's not, the person in the boat is not facing um, their guide, but is there communication there? Is there mm-hmm. connection? Um, are they helping you? Could they help you more going forward? This can be a spirit guide. It can be someone who's a mentor or someone who's with you mm-hmm. in this life, helping you go forward. But you're definitely on your way. You clearly have worked through difficulties and issues. Um, and the next shore is waiting for you. Wow. That sounds very hopeful uh-huh. and exciting. Yeah. <laughs> There's one thing I'm thinking about, and yes, I'm very hopeful, <laughs> very <laughs> hopeful there. Thank you so much, Yunana. Thank you for coming again. Um, if you want to, would you like to end with a, something, a small meditation or something inspirational that's just standing out for you? Sure. Our listeners sure. love I, to hear. I will guide a short little meditation uh-huh. and... Um, I'll ask the listeners, if you are not driving and (laughs) (laughs) listening, to just take a moment and close your eyes and just begin to feel into your breath the coolness of the inhale, the warmth of the exhale. And with your eyes closed, maybe starting to feel the air at the edge of your skin noticing the sounds perhaps there's birds outside your window maybe you can hear the refrigerator or your cats playing taking in the smells just really settling into your senses knowing that These are all avenues in which we feed ourselves as well. And just like we feed ourselves life force and prana through food, what we see, what we hear, what we speak, what we touch, what we feel, this is also nourishing us. And take a deep breath in. exhale Mm. perfect a blissful moment thank Mm -hmm. you thank you (laughs) so once again I want to thank you Marisol Rascon for being with us today Uh, thanks to Kevin McLeod for the music Allison Warner for her social media advice and thank you to Paul Preston, our podcast technician. And listeners, keep cruising your light and shadows. I will be back in two weeks and until then, Satnam. Satnam.